It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Everywhere you go. <laughs> What's going on, Joe? Oh, man. Welcome back. No, doing good, man. Uh, right off the bat. Well, let's say this. Welcome to another episode of Flip the Record. Episode 30. Uh, nine, I think. Eight or nine. Nine, I think. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right to me. Right off the bat, I got a few things I want to get into before we do our Christmas episode. Christmas episode. Very excited. This is part one of three of uh, mixing it up. We're doing Christmas this week and then end of the year recap next two weeks. Yeah, so we'll do a couple grab bags, which is actually sad because <laughs> the, the Ticketmaster slash LimeWire grab bag episode, I do. I really want to get into that one, too. But we're not going to get to it now for a while, which is fine. But, yeah. Um, man, I got a few things coming into you today. A couple music things, one not so music, but kind of music. Um, first of all, this is my time of year where I start reviewing my playlists, seeing what needs to go, what needs to, um, maybe add some stuff. It's very professional of you, by the way. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard anyone doing that. I like it though. Well, it's good time, right? Cause it's, it's like, sometimes I feel like during the summer, it's hard to fuck with like the summer party playlist and like, you just, you just fuck with the vibes. Like you gotta, if you got a good one, just stick with it. Yeah, for sure. I have a a song I'm I'm reviewing right now that I'm thinking about adding. I don't know if it fits. It's a it's an older track. Um, are you familiar with Ricky Martin's rendition of "Living La Vida Loca"? Oh, I know the song. I don't know his edition specifically. Well, it's his song. Oh, okay, then yes. I'm thinking about adding it to the playlist. I don't know if I should add to again. I'm gonna add it to my summer playlist. You definitely yeah. should. Yeah, I think it's it's so it's like an early 2000s, like a late 90s track. It's great energy. Horns are just fucking popping throughout, man. He's got that little Spanish like tinge on his voice. Probably most well known from either Shrek one or two. I think yes. they put it in there. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's just like I I heard somebody else listening to it. I was like, huh. And then now I've been listening to it over and over. I'm like, God damn it, this rocks. But I didn't know if I was going to get flamed. Like, huh, you got Ricky Martin on that playlist? <laughs> no, dude, I'm. that's a great ad. I'm going to add that to my summer playlist as well. All right, bet. Um, topic one. Topic two, I have an artist that is, I'm considering polling for January. But oh, is this who I was trying to guess? Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is so salacious. So, <laughs> I'm so, let, let me get into my bag here. I'm so trepidatious about even just like, overriding you to do this that i i need your take on this this is very much in the kesha genre of artists um we're not going to do these kinds of artists very often but so i figure once every once in a while maybe we pop a couple of these in on a scale of one to ten one being the like absolutely not ten being yes absolutely we're doing this how open would you be to reviewing miley cyrus oh uh, that's not who I thought you were going to say. I would not have guessed that. Uh, I would say like, I'd actually like to do that. I would say like a seven because I know sh she has experimented with different genres and I'm pretty sure she falls in more of like the rock band now. No, she's got a little bit of a bunch of different stuff. She's got like a lot of pop and, a, and a, some rock stuff. Um, what I noticed when I was, I was just kind of like flipping through her catalog, um, not really listening, just looking around like. She's got a handful of rock covers in there, just kind of out of nowhere. Joan Jett, Poison, yeah, Poison, a um, couple other things. And, like, if you go and look at her on YouTube, like, she's covered a bunch of tracks live, too. Um, I wouldn't say she's definitely, like, in the rock, but she does rock occasionally. Um, obviously, some country maybe mixed in there, too. Um, I just, I was like, huh, this might be another Kesha. No, load it up. I, I would like to do that. I think she was on the list of... Um 
or maybe not, but when we originally were coming up with a list of bands to look at for this, yeah, I think I had thrown her on there. I think I, I still review that from time to time too. Um, yeah, I haven't gone back and added to it, but I haven't. I, I probably I, should. I haven't added to it much, but I've updated the ones we've done. Nice. Yeah. So, um, all right, cool. Glad you're on board for that. Yeah, I've got uh, one more quick one on the Spotify. You can there's like Q and A for each episode where people can post comments or whatever, and someone posted a comment saying we should do uh, Mainskin. And I listened to their uh, most recent album, Start to Finish. So now they're going to – we'll we'll do them sometime early 2024 because I, I enjoyed it. Alex, if you're listening. Uh, oh, that was Alex? Yeah. Oh. If you put it back in your pants. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a huge fan of this band. Um, I don't know if that was Alex on Spotify, but well, he's a huge fan. The, the user's name was either – savannah montana or savannah Bennett. it was a, like a porn star name but like <laughs> i don't know who, i don't know who it was because i yeah but <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> so whoever you are we hear you uh at some point we will do them but so uh, i i actually just watched a couple tiktoks of them they did like a a variety interview and oh man like they're an italian band and they got one of those weird things over the A, and I think it's Mona skin, where it looks like main skin. Like, if you just said it in English, it's main skin. But I think technically it's pronounced Mona skin. I, th- I think you're right. Anyways, it, it's fucking wild. But they're a fun band. They're, they're a wild group. Some interesting stuff to talk about there. And, uh, yeah, Alex, huge fan. So <laughs> totally in for that. Um. Last but not least, this is the time of year now that it's gotten cold. I don't want to go outside for the next four months. That I will sit in and play video games until my fingers fall off. And I'm very, very, very excited to get into two games this winter. One of which is coming on Monday. We have Guitar Hero 3 coming back. Hell yeah. (laughs) We still got to do that episode where we do uh, Guitar Hero songs too. Maybe we should combine that with another sampling platter. And cue that up for like January, February. Yeah, late January, early February. I'm cool with that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's gonna rock, dude. Oh, uh, dude, I was I was so excited. Yesterday was like the first day in a while where I had like nothing to do, so I was getting a bunch of stuff done around the house, uh, doing a bunch of stuff for the podcast. And then I was like, damn, like I wish I wish that came a couple days earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I can't wait to just like sit and grind out that story mode just to get all the songs for like I don't. It's gonna take hours. Yeah, when, so. once we get it, uh, it's one of these weekend days in December. We got to get the boys together. Yeah, I'm coming, so I'm I'm gonna be out of town, like a little bit before and then a little bit after Christmas. But I'll be back before the New Year's, and I'll come over one of those days, and we'll just fucking rip it off. Hell yeah! Oh, and then GTA Five. I got a GTA Five out of nowhere yesterday. I picked it up for like ten bucks at GameStop. Nice. Uh, it, it's very much what you expect. I want. You're such a clown for going to GameStop still. <laughs> what? Oh, I know we had this conversation already, already this. but I just I can't let you say that without challenging you're it. Your interview, your interview. All righty. Um, <laughs> unless you cut anything else, let's just get into the Christmas episode. All righty. So for this episode, we both picked one Christmas album that we wanted to talk about. Do you want to start with yours or mine? I've got yours first on my list, so All let's right. just go there. Same. So. Uh, I will intro this. John Party released this album a couple weeks ago. It's titled Merry Christmas from John Party. I this is there each song only has like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand streams on Spotify. There's a couple gold nuggets in this album. This is a very uh underrated Christmas album. It's always wild when you're mainstream art. Like I don't know, I don't you don't expect you kinda don't expect John Party to put out a Christmas album, right? But I, like 
there's plenty of mainstream, or I don't want to say mainstream, but artists you wouldn't expect it that do have Christmas albums. I think it's just artists that really love the holiday and the music, and then they're like, oh, like what? You know, why not? Like I'll just record it. In a lot of artists, like like Buble, for example, like he just does a, like covers of like the most popular Christmas, and songs. that's the kind of guy you would expect to do Christmas albums. Yes. John Party, there's a couple covers on here, but I think like half the tracks are original tracks on here. Yeah, I want to say so original, original, cover, cover, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm, eight originals, four covers, something like that. Oh, yeah. And that to me is really cool. Hell yeah. Like, I mean, any, anybody could just do a cover, man. Like, especially the fun, like, upbeat, just jolly vibe for this album. Like, it's cool that he's got different stuff. It's And it's also different. Like, it, it's a bit maybe taboo, like beer for Santa, right? Like, <laughs> who, who says that? Well, also, he took some of the covers and some of the originals. It's like a traditional Christmas song, and then he spices up with, like, a honky-tonk. Yeah, like, yeah, it gives it his John Party flair. Yeah. Like, I definitely felt like on some of these tracks, it was just, a, like, imagine a John Party song, and you took out the John Party lyrics, and you inserted Christmas lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's a cool way of doing it, right? Because he's not he's not sticking to the original. He's like, oh, I'm going to have fun with it and make this, yeah. like, my kind of sound. It's not John Party trying to do Silent Night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, no, I, I totally agree. There's some really cool stuff in here. I don't know how well it necessarily plays at like the family Christmas party, depending. I guess it depends. But I think this is very much more like um, maybe late in the office Christmas party <laughs> um, or like out and about, maybe like a mall. Um, yeah, my, my takeaway for this album would be if you're a country fan, check it out. If you're a John Party fan, check it out. Um, and if you're a Christmas fanatic, I guess check it out. But if you're not like a country fan, you probably won't get a, a ton out of this. Yeah. Regardless, I still think it's fun. I, like even as even as like background noise, I think this is something you, you could take a bunch of songs off this album and just pop them into the Christmas playlist. Hundred percent. And you got oh you got anything else? No, no. Let's get into it. Yeah. So this album opens with "Beer for Santa," which is what probably my favorite or second favorite song off the album. I don't know about you. Second or third favorite on the album, for sure. I mean, this is just a fun honky-tonk sing-along. He's singing, tonight I'm leaving beer out for Santa. Trade the cookies for the koozie full of cheers. When he slides down the chimney with the presents, there'll be a cold one waiting on him this year. Dude, Santa's a G, man. Santa's just one of the boys. He just wants a, a Miller Lite and some cookies sitting out for him <laughs> when he comes down the chimney. Um, it's such a fun vibe. It's cool. He, he added that honky-tonk feel. It's got the fiddle. It's got the horns, man. John's in a good mood, up like up vibe singing. I really like this one, too. And the line, hey, we all know that Rudolph does the drive-in, so what's one more before he gets on his way? <laughs> a little roadie. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The idea of Santa just, like, flying around in the air, and he's got he's just chilling, <laughs> like, leaning back with a Miller Lite in his hand. <laughs> That's a good idea for a T-shirt. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, man. Yeah, this is just, I when I heard this song the first time, like, it literally made me laugh. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's just a fun that's all it, it, he doesn't take himself too seriously on most of this album. Yeah, just a fun, fun song. Yeah. After that, 400 horsepower Slade. This is definitely one of the ones where I thought it was a John Party track, and then you insert Christmas uh, <laughs> song or Christmas lyrics. Um, totally, totally. It's very much got that like mid-level sweet fiddle kind of just playing throughout. Uh, it's again good vibe here, but very typical John Party sound. Um, good energy. Kind of lovey-dovey vocals, lovey-dovey, like, even music sound to it. Um, Mid-tempo, just a good, easy-listen track. I really like this one, too. 
another fun one for sure. And, and he's singing, so baby, slip your coat on. What you say we go for low dashing down a snow covered road, snuggled up beside me in my red Chevrolet. We can go riding in my 400 horsepower sleigh. So yeah, John party should get a uh, Chevy sponsorship. I think this is like his sixth or seventh song where he's, he's singing about Chevy's. It'd be so funny if you went to like his ranch in I, I can't remember what state he lives in, but and he just had like all like Toyota vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, yo, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely uh, another one of my favorites off this album. Totally agree. Follows that up with a cover of "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Um, I don't know, man. Like, he does good work here. I just think that like some heavy hitters have covered this song. This has been done a million times. I like it in comparison to maybe like the Mariah Carey's or something like that. Like, I feel like a woman on vocals is better for this track. Can I just say that off the bat? You know, um, other than that, though, like cool country style cover here, a little more energetic and lively than the original really swinging his voice around horns. Like I love the way they use the horns on this track. Um, it's really, really good. I just don't know if a male voice is the best for this track. Yeah, he ma- he definitely speeds it up, makes it a fast-paced country song. I do like the Mariah Carey version better. Um, my other note on this song was, and I did this for the Buble stuff too, like where the song originated from, because I figured what else am I going to talk about, like, you know, the song. So uh, artist Vince Vance and the Valiants released a song with the same title in 1989, but it had different lyrics. Um, Mariah Carey released her song in 1994, with original lyrics and now over the last couple of years a lawsuit was filed for 20 million dollars jesus christ in they're suing because the song title was the same and they claim that it's more than a 50 percent clone of his original work uh and he cited like the chord progression or whatever but it's you, like victor vaudeville von doom <laughs> <laughs> he sued mariah carey yeah he's trying to sue mariah carey for 20 million dollars what a grinch what a fucking Grinch, you piece of shit. Everybody listens to your song still. Fuck off. It's not even, yeah, I mean, the song, is, I didn't listen to it, but it sounded like it was different enough to where it's just a bogus lawsuit. And I think All I Want for Christmas is You, for Mariah Carey, has been streamed like 900 million times. So he's just, oh, maybe yeah, I just salty. Just trying to get a quick, you know, cool 20 mil. Uh, 20 million pounds of coal in your stocking. <laughs> oh, yeah. All righty. Uh, but yeah, still definitely listen to that one, too. Um, the next one I'm not as big of a fan of. It covers Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Um, it, it's more close to the original than it is like John Party style. Uh, just he adds a little bit of fiddle to give it that country flair to it. Otherwise, I don't know. I just not my favorite version of this track. Yeah, I'm with you on that. This was one of the lesser ones for me. Let It Snow originally written. 1945, Hollywood, California, by Julie Stein and Sammy Kahn. So, a little fun fact for you there. Yeah, I think there's... I, I can't think of artists off the top of my head who have done it, but... Well, Buble, but... Buble's version of this song is much better. Oh, for sure. The next song is another original. It's Merry Christmas from the Keys. This one I don't like as much as the other originals. Oh, you one. don't like this one? I really <laughs> like this one. It's very Jimmy Buffett, like, beach vibes, you know? It's like beach country, as I, I guess I'll call it. Um, you know, l- loud horns kind of just like slowly plugging along. Um, simple hand drums and soft, jangly guitar. Vocals are full and happy and bright. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. There's something fun about this one, man. So I guess if I were down south in December, I would probably like this song. But being in Michigan, 
I yeah, don't. I don't. This like hurts. It. Yeah, this it hurts, hurts a little bit. Exactly. Because <laughs> he's just singing how he doesn't have a care in the world because he's in the he's keys. In the keys yeah. <laughs> and we're getting fucking two inches dumped on us, and it's twenty degrees outside. Yeah. I always thought the white Christmas was a little overrated. Oh, for sure. Same. Maybe it's just when I was like, a kid. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, it was cool, man. But like, once you've had, once you get to the age where you have to shovel snow, it's not as fun. Yeah, it's bogus. Yeah. Plus, uh, sidetrack totally uh, for all you climate change people out there. It feels like we never get a white Christmas anymore. It's true. We have. I feel like we haven't. It's we've just had, like, cold one as balls. in like the last like three or four years. Yeah, it's just cold. Yeah. It, like if it's gonna be cold, at least give me a couple inches of snow and like make me stay inside. Well, you just contradicted yourself. I know, but like the only thing worse than a white Christmas is, is, it, is oh, a gray is Christmas. Is an ice Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, For sure. When it's like negative 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Next track is Please Come Home for Christmas. So this is another cover. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, man. This, he does a nice job here. I'm not a huge fan of like the sad Christmas songs in general. Um, and this is definitely a sadder Christmas song. You know, you get that vibe that like, you get this like lonely, sad, like, like I'm just stuck out like wherever I am. Please, please come home. I miss you. And it's very sweet. It's very nice. I just I like the more energy, the you know, good stuff. Um, and that's what this is. But it's got this like cool gospel country sound to it. Slow, sad piano. Um, good energy on the mic. Really impactful, like vocal work here. Like you hear the emotion dripping off. But um, oh, the other thing that's cool about this track at the end, like, he kind of finishes the song, but also, like, just transitions smoothly. They do a verse for Amazing Grace, which is truly an incredible track, and I think he does great justice to it, too. Yeah, that was a cool ad, for sure. Yeah, and this song uh, was originated in the 60s, Charles Brown, and then popularized more so by the Eagles in 1978. They made it, or they got, it was, you know, a minor hit for them, some of their Christmas stuff. I was going to say, another, another band you might not expect to have a Christmas album. But hey, it works. Yep, sure works. Uh, the next song, you know what's funny? When I first listened to this one, I thought it was a party original, but this is actually a cover. Santa looked a lot like this Daddy. This is a cover? Yeah. Who's the Who's the original? Uh, Buck Owens in 1965. And I guess over the years, it's actually been covered by like Garth Brooks, Travis Tritt, Brad uh, Paisley. Okay, so this is the, the country. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I thought this was original too, but I really like this one. Very up-tempo, honky-tonk style track fiddle and piano kind of ripping away playing off each other uh i like the concept here it's it's like a funny kind of like it, it it's a bit where like the kid comes downstairs and he sees santa like kind of walking around he's like huh is, that's not dad there's no way but then he, he's there's also this cool like funny line at the end that's like mama's hooking up with santa claus it's just i don't know there's just a lot of funny stuff here i like this one a lot yeah definitely a, a funny one you know m- mama must have let him in Santa looks a lot like Daddy, or Daddy looked a lot like him. So, yeah, yeah. Just, just a fun one. The next song is I've Been Bad, Santa. So, this is a weird one in terms of origination. I guess this was created by a pop artist, Peach PRC, in 2021. Hmm, never heard of him, but okay, cool. Um, I kind of like this one. It's not at all what I was expecting. When you... When the song starts, and so this song features an artist called Pillbox Patty. Never, never heard of her, but um, it it comes in with her just singing the vo- or singing the verse, and she's got this. How do I put her voice? Um, kind of strained mid mid 
like tuned voice. Um, and I, I think she does really good work because she's like really reaching for not higher range, but higher levels uh, and gives it this very like wanting, like bittersweet vibe to it. Um, you know, other good stuff here, bumping up tempo piano underneath, um, you know, in the choruses, John jumps in on the mic and uh, the music kind of fills up the room. Um, just a really like nice background music song. Yeah, it, well, I, it was just all right for me, but yeah, definitely n- nice to have um, kind of like a, a duet. A duet. Vibe, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yep. The next song, this is peak John Party here. This is Reindeer. This is very similar to Tequila Little Time with You. <laughs> uh, and he's got another song or two like that with the wordplay. Yeah. I mean, so let me, let me just read some of the, some of this. Cause he Go just, for it. He just slips in all the different reindeer names into his verse. Yep, yep. She was my tiny dancer. Now she's prancing away. Not even Cupid could have made that vixen stay. I'm drinking a cup of cocoa with a dasher of whiskey, trying to forget how hard that goodbye comment hit me. But from dusk to dawn, her name is still on my mind. I'm wishing Rudolph would have stopped her like a red light because a blitz and blizzards rolling in tonight might be a white Christmas. The the writer of our generation, a true Shakespeare. <laughs> Yeah, I think I don't know how many of the reindeers' names he ends up getting in, but Dasher, Dancer, Pranderson. Well, that, that was only the first verse. Oh, and then uh, in the chorus he goes, all, you know, it's like a sad like breakup song. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. goes, all this snow feels like rain, dear. <laughs> <laughs> He's in his bag here, folks. Uh, it's not one of my favorite. Again, it's it's very, uh, not very. It's a little sadder, a little sad for my taste, but. Um, Still an interesting track, and like you said, the writing here, at the very, very least, the writing here is interesting. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a sad Christmas song, which, you know, um, in like a, a breakup song, which usually you don't get like the breakup yeah, ones. Yeah, that's weird. But no, again, just when I listened to it, it made me laugh. Just him doing like the wordplay, because you know he's sitting there right now, he's like, oh, this is gold. Gas. <laughs> the, f- the flames are just hopping off the page. <laughs> yeah. No, he's definitely like in his bag. He's sipping on a, a you know, Johnny Walker yeah. blue, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I really outdid myself this time." <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas hat. Uh, hey boys, come check this one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, he follows that one up with "Swing on Down to Texas." Very like old school saloon western country style. Got like a fifties sounding piano. Uh, in the back, low humming horns, very like smooth southern fiddle. Um, just kind of a fun track here, honestly. Yeah, nothing crazy musically, but it, it yeah, it's just just another solid track. Uh, in this one, he's singing, "I'll have my Christmas turkey barbecued." You know, he's going down to Texas. It's the keys one year, Texas the next year. Yeah, I guess turkey's a big thing at, for some people at Christmas. Thank God we don't do turkey for Christmas. Ham, ham all the way. I wish. Okay, I, I've, I I've maybe, yeah, I've maybe had ham once for Christmas. Maybe. Yeah, dude, ham is the goat for like holiday meats. It's a dirty animal. Oh, tastes good. Filthy animal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. The next one is a cover of Winter Wonderland. Very simple cover. Fairly true to the original here. Quiet music, really focusing on the vocal. Um, I think a smoother voice, more in the the buble style, would be a little bit better for this track. But it's still nice work. Yeah, this track's been covered over t- by 200 different artists yeah. throughout the years. Uh, written in 1934 by Felix Bernard and lyricist Richard Bernhard Smith. Um, and yeah, this has like kind of like a soft, like loungy vibe to it. 
again, he doesn't do much with the cover. It's, you know, it's whatever. Totally agree. And then the album closes with A Long December. So this one is cool. Do you know? Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite covers. Well, no, this is one of my favorite original tracks. This is a cover of a song by the Counting Crows. I didn't know that. One of my favorite ballads of all time. I don't know if you listen to the original. It's fantastic. Well, so I like this. I liked him singing it so much. I was like, oh, I got to hear the original. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. Music. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. the Counting Crows do it way, 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 way better. I think he does it good, though. He do- It's not great. It's good. There's just something a little bit off. And I think it's the like it's the high notes. It's the like stretching out notes. That's just not quite there. And it's also a little bit raspier than Counting Crows. For sure. So not hearing the song before, I, I like John Parties. And then I listened to the original. I was like, oh, it's like, you know, five times this better. This rocks. Yeah. yeah. No, Long December, dude. I, It's, again, another sad track. It feels like it's lonely, depressing, sad. But, God, they do an awesome bit on it. Um, yeah. That being said, I don't know how this fits into the album, other than, like, December, Christmas, da-da-da. Right. It's not, like, a crazy... It's not a Christmas song. Right. So, Adam Duritz, the lead singer for Counting Crows, told Rolling Stone he was inspired to write this song after a friend was injured in a car accident in 1995. I guess the friend was hospitalized, and uh, Duritz, you know, visited him while he was in the hospital. Um, And the song is kind of like, you know, it's, like, reflects on tragedy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very sad song. Yeah, it's very sad. Um. You know, he he party adds this little cool little like fiddle bridge towards the end. That's kind of nice. Um, and then they stretch out the end too, where like we'll bring in a couple other things. He repeats a couple lines, but I don't know. It's it doesn't really fit the album and it's not a great closer and it's not really a Christmas song. I don't know why this is here, but maybe he just likes this. He probably. Yeah, likes I, the song I think he's just, just a fan of the track and yeah. he's like, oh, I'll just toss it on. Um, but yeah. A little bit of a down note to end the album, but. Overall, again, like this album, very fun, very lively, a lot of good stuff here. A lot of stuff you can throw on your Christmas playlist if you have one. Yeah, and it's just, it's cool for something different, right? It's not the same old, like... Yeah, it's not what you expect for Christmas music. It's the opposite of Buble. Yeah, oh, yeah. And to that point, (laughs) I had considered more artists you don't expect to have Christmas. I had considered going to DMX for my Christmas album poll. He has a Christmas album? DMX has a Christmas album. Does it slap? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I thought it would be a very funny contrast. Um, and I reserved the right to go back to DMX at a later point. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I still there's a lot of cool stuff here. Definitely give it a listen if you're a country fan. Uh, fun album. Before we get into the next one, before we get into Buble, something came to my mind while we were going through these tracks here. Are you familiar with the Christmas movie? And it's an older one. Uh, a Year Without a Santa Claus. Yeah, I love that movie. My favorite Christmas movie of all oh, time. It's for sure, top five. It, it's is that the one with Heat Miser and Cold Miser? Yes. Oh, yes, dude. Dude, we watched that like every year growing up. Dude, those the, the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser songs. Oh. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm uh, Mr. Sun. Those are my favorite tracks. Yeah. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. 101. 101, yep. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> I touch. Starts to melt in my clutch. Um, too, too much. much. Dun, 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 dun. I love those, dude. I just the rest of the movie. Honestly, it, it's a very nice movie, and it's very, very overdue for a remake. Uh, like it's it's a puppet movie. Um, but like I just go for those two songs, man. For, uh, Snow Misers is just as funny, oh, yeah. just as fun, 
And just see them like they go from like their regular dress, and then all of a sudden they have like uh, like performance clothes on. Dude, I gotta watch that movie this year. Oh, so so good, good. So, so good. good, so stupid. I think it's on YouTube. Real quick, uh, you want to do Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? For me, it'd probably be Elf, um, The Year Without a Santa Claus, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and then I don't. For the last one, I don't. Maybe I'll just go a Christmas Story. Uh, okay. Okay, I'm gonna go Elf, A Year Without a Santa Claus, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, that's a good one too. And oh, I'm gonna say Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. Tentatively. Frost, Tentatively. Frosty the Snowman. That was the other one I was thinking of putting in there. I like that one too. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's stupid, animated, fun. I don't know. And it's I think that's one that's been redone a few times too. But I'm talking the original cartoon like. Like nonsense looking one. Yeah, and he's got a pipe in his mouth. Yeah, you didn't have a uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in there. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Oh, one. bro, it's hilarious. To this day, we, I watch it once a year. Oh, Home Alone, Home Alone. Eh, no, nah, not for me. Yeah, uh, but you, you got to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's, it's holds up to this day. It's hilarious. Chevy, I like the Chevy original. Chase. Yeah, I like the, yeah. the original National Lampoon. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, that all being said, let's get into Buble Christmas. This is just titled Christmas. He has a second one, and it's like a romantic Christmas or something like that. But this is just Christmas. Yeah, so this comes out in 2011. Um, real quick, I was looking at all his album covers. for. He's he's just as bad as John Mayer. He's worse than John Mayer. Yeah, worse. Worse, dude. Every, every single album is just him in, in like a, a colored backdrop, a, a solid color backdrop, looking slightly off camera. Yeah. it It's brutal. Oh yeah, for sure. He like he definitely puts those out and he's like, God damn, I look good. Yeah. Oh dude, he slays, man. He he kills, but hire a fucking artist, man. Do something. He, he's for sure like top three all time, like worst album covers. Yeah, they're really, really bad. Uh like I, I would rather have almost anything. Almost anything. You could put we talked about Seether, right? And, like, they have some very questionable album covers if you're not, like, a fan of metal. And I would still rather have something like that than than this. Anyways. Yeah, it's just massive douchebag vibes. Oh, brutal. Um, this is almost exclusively covers. Maybe is exclusively covers. I don't know if there's an or, Oh, there's a couple of originals, I think. Uh, I think it's only one. Cold December night. Anyways, we'll get into it, but... Almost exclusively covers, if not all covers. Um, so, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, starts off with it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. This might be like the quintessential version of this track. It's got 900 million streams. On yeah. Spotify. Yeah. This one is huge. Like, I would say it's it's similar to the source, but this might have just like this might be the source now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it is. This song originated in 1951 by Meredith Wilson. Uh, original title, it's beginning to look like Christmas. But Buble, I mean, his voice is wonderful on this track. He's got that Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, you know, style voice and cadence. And it's it's really, really good. Low, but like full, just, you know, easy going, very NPR sound to it. Um, but like it, it's such a perfect fit for this music, fit for this track. I, I love it. Yeah, no, this is really good. I do like when artists make this song a little bit more faster paced, but I still, in terms of 
uh, Blue Blaze album. This yeah, is the right, top. right. You gotta I, I take into account what I'm expecting from Blue Blaze and then what you get, right? You know, yeah. you're not gonna get that. All right. Um, after that one, next Santa Claus is coming to town. Another good one here. Soft, jazzy kind of beat to it. Low clicking drums and soft bass line. Um, another one I think his voice is perfect for this track too. Uh, really crescendos nicely throughout this track. Uh, does some cool improv at the end. I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it's a little bit faster paced, which is good. Buble's voice is so sweet on the mic. And I like that they add, or I don't know if they add, but the horns on this, I think, are a good addition. Horns always play at Christmas time, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this song originated in 1934. Um, 1934. J. Fred Coots, Haven Giuseppe. Recorded by Harry Russer and his band, covered by Eddie Cantor and his radio show, radio show in 1934, and then it became a hit. Yeah, that's crazy, man. To th- think that like there was a point in our grandparents' life where there wasn't like a ton of Christmas music, right? Think about that. <laughs> that's a, that is <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Anyways, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, after that is. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Um, he does a cool thing here. It's a little bit more up tempo. He brings these like women's background choir into it. Um, very Broadway, echoey kind of like sound to it, uh, where he'll sing a line and then they like toot his line back. Um, really brings fullness and energy towards the end. I could totally like see you being at Radio City Music Hall and the Rockettes are kicking along to this one. Like it's got that kind of vibe to it. Um, not my favorite version of this track, but still good. Yeah, it opens with the Pupini sisters, or Pupini, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I don't know how to say it either. Merry Christmas, or Buble goes, Merry Christmas, ladies, and then they reply, Merry Christmas, Mr. Buble. Yeah. It's quite a flex. (laughs) But uh, yeah, this song was composed in 1850, actually, originally titled The One Horse Open Sleigh, um, first released in 1857, and then reissued two years later with the title Jingle Bells. 1857. Was there a way of recording music in 1857? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was. Um, that feels like it, like it's been like the composition was written in 1857, and then it's just kind of been verbally passed down. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I, the radio didn't come out until like the late 1800s. Yeah. Legitimate. Like I'm not even joking. <laughs> So I don't know if there was a way to record music back then, but regardless, cool. Um, anyways, like I said, uh, not my favorite version of this track. A little bit too showman for me, but still good. I'm with you. The next track is White Christmas, which is a duet with Shania Twain. This one's really cool. It's like this kind of like softer Four Seasons-y, like uh, Frankie Valley Four Seasons type thing. Uh, a lot of doo wopping in the back. I think it starts with Buble's verse, then they do the chorus, then they go to Shania's verse. Shania is fantastic on this track, man. Really working her voice. She's not getting, like, too out of, like, again, keeping her voice in the range of the music, but reaching to the edge of what would be acceptable for this style of music, or I guess maybe, like, just fits really well, um, but also working it around, playing with her voice. It's a lot of fun. Really, really good work. Um, I really like this one. I do, too. My uh, laptop charger's not working. It just died, so I'm going mobile here. Going mobile. Going um, mobile. And... I don't know. Like, Shania Twain seems like a, a strange pole here, but, like, again, just perfect work. 
Yeah, I think it works. And Irving Berlin wrote White Christmas for a Broadway show that never ended up happening. And uh, this this song was first performed on a radio show in 1934. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I like that. The a lot of radio play. Yeah. Uh, the next song, this is a Mariah Carey original, All I Want for Christmas is You. Yep, slower and a little bit lower than the original. Kind of like get a John Mayer feel to it with like the low bass guitar and the clicking drums. How has he not put out a Christmas album? <laughs> Doesn't that feel like he would just put out an uh, album cover? It's him like sitting in you know the, his living room other with the Santa hat on. Yeah, but he's like also kind of sad and, and a guitar in the background. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> maybe like a blue wall behind him, a <laughs> couple snowflakes. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. But. Um, I also don't know. Like, that would be like a sad Christmas album. The whole thing would be sad. Maybe one happy song. <laughs> all sad, the rest of them. Um, anyways, back to All I Want for Christmas is You. Mostly piano, little bits of drums and strings. Uh, it's just good background noise. Yeah, I think Mariah Carey's version is the goat. Yeah, like, it's it's you, hard to... You can't beat the original for this yeah, song. Yeah. Uh, Buble still does... He does a good job on this. I mean... He's got the emotion, like it works. I just the bar is you can't you can't beat Mariah Carey for this song. Sure, totally agree. Moving on, uh, next one, Holly Jolly Christmas. Um, I always kind of like this one. This is generally one of my uh, more liked Christmas tracks. Soft and sweet with this one. Voice is very very good on this track. Um, you get little bits of like poppy guitar that kind of just you know tune in here and there. Um, bells are added, which is again always plays at Christmas time. I think this is a really nice work here. Yeah, I think they add a guitar solo, too, at the end of the song. That actually yeah, there's a little, maybe like 10, 15 second guitar bit. I like that a lot. I think Buble's vocals kill it here. Uh, this has, this one has over 500 million streams on Spotify. And this song originated in 1962, originally composed by Johnny Marks. Uh, and it was first featured in a 1964 stop-motion film, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, that one? Yeah. That, that's like the OG, like... Uh I don't know, like, I I would assume you've seen it as a child, but uh, that's like the OG where they, it kind of looks like puppets, too, but it's not. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one. That's cool. That one's old as dust. Holy shit. <laughs> we didn't even talk about uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, either. Another goat. That's a good one, too. Um, anyways, back, <laughs> back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, good work here. Nothing crazy. Follows that up with Santa Baby. This should just be titled Santa Buddy. Um, he pretty much replaces Baby with Buddy on every line. It would be funny if he sang Santa Baby instead. Yeah, yeah. But he has, like, the self-awareness to realize, like, it's a little weird for a guy to be singing Santa Baby because the, the, the well, song. Not in 2023. Yeah. Anyways, um, still, for, for him, it would be a little bit strange. Um, so he, he takes it from the male perspective because the original is a female track. Um Musically, it sounds the same. Um, otherwise, like I, I think it's nice. Uh, the The couple lines he does change up to like fit his perspective are kind of cool. Like, like slip a Rolex under the tree. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he had a Rolex, I think a Mercedes at some point. Yeah, sixty five fastback. Oh yeah, it was a sixty five convertible. Convertible. I think. Yeah. 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 This song was originally recorded by Eartha Kitt with Ah, gotcha. Henry Renee and his orchestra in nineteen fifty three. Eartha Kitt. Yep. Motown think cool yeah yeah i don't have anything else gotcha um alrighty, next one have yourself a merry little christmas I, he just hits the note the nail right on the head here like it, it 
this song is not supposed to be up and like crazy and everything. He's very like in tune with this track, soft, slow, but also warm and inviting. His voice is so smooth and like just very like pleasing on this track. It's excellent background music. Yeah, so this one was recorded originally in 1943, first performed in 1944, and uh, the original composer, he was trying to work on the melody, and he was struggling, and he was only able to get, you know, 16 bars done, and then uh, ended up throwing away one of his original drafts, and then a couple of years later, Frank Sinatra ended up recording a version of this song with modified lyrics, and I think that really helped, um, you know, blow it up. God, I love the Rat Pack Christmases too, dude. So good. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, good track here. Just another one on the album for me. Yeah, same. Follows that up with Christmas, parentheses, Baby Please Come Home. A um, little bit more up-tempo here, good energy. Never really been a huge fan of this track, and I don't think he adds a, a ton that really like draws me in here. Um, but I do like the ad-libbing he does at the end. He kind of got this like almost scatting kind of ad-libbing at the end. It's kind of fun. Yeah, this is one of the ones I like most on the album. Uh, the background vocals are great in this. Buble crushes it. I also noted down, I, I like saying Buble. 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 Totally. And then, yeah, this song originally released in 1963. Oh, gotcha. Performed on Letterman. And I didn't have the year on here. Letterman was on in 63? No, no, no. Performed on Letterman later on, oh. like in 1986, okay. I think. I was going to say, yeah. Jesus, I didn't realize he was that old. <laughs> yeah, he'd be ancient. That's dude. like Johnny Carson time. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Um, after Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home is Silent Night. Also not one of my favorite songs, but I think it's very good to have on the Christmas playlist. It's just a good fit. Uh, fairly true to the source material here. Deep, comforting voice. Um, really nice work, though. I just, I don't know. It's just all right. Yeah, I mean, this is a you know a slow song. The message of the song was it's kind of like time of war. Um, so yeah, this is a slow one. But Blade doesn't really do anything different to it. it no, kinda, it just does it right on the nose. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's funny. All the songs on this album, less like two or three, have over hundred million streams, which is just. Well, I mean, yeah, this is a classic. That's why I brought it to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 forget I said that. <laughs> uh, after that is Blue Christmas, the Elvis original, I think. Although Elvis is notably known for, you know, stealing bits here and there. Yeah, so I have this is written from Billy Hayes and J.W. Johnson. In like the 40s, maybe? Yep, in the late 40s. So yeah, so Elvis definitely stole this one. Uh, but the the quintessential version of this track is the Elvis version. And I don't know if Buble has got the voice for this. It's just they're too. It's it's oil and water. Um, it feels like he was trying to do a little bit of that raspy Elvis thing to it. Doesn't really work. Uh, horns. The horns are awesome on this track, though. Whoever's on the horns or whatever people are on the horns, kill it. They they pop and they they hit throughout. Then they also get a cool like added solo section at the end or just musical section at the end where they get to like throw it all to the wall and see what happens really really nice work on the horns otherwise it's a skip yeah i'm with you it's yeah not not for me go to elvis <laughs> after that is cold december night which for me this is one of the standouts on the album oh you like this one i do i do i don't like this one 
at all. I think I part of the reason I like it is because it's a little bit faster paced. Yeah, definitely a bit more up tempo, kind of poppy feel to it. Um, you know, it's just very. It, it feels like cut and dry pop. Um, I'm just not a fan of this one, man. I can't get into it. I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's sweet. Um, you know, his his voice is fine on this track. I, I guess maybe it's just a stylistic like thing that I'm not a fan of. Gotcha. And yeah, so Alan Chang wrote this song uh, with Bob Rock, who's a producer on this album for Buble. Oh, cool. Okay, okay. Yeah. So but you do like this one. Okay. I, I do, thought yeah. This one felt to me very like you're walking through J.C. Penny on like December 15th, and this is what you hear when you walk into the store. That's what this felt like. And I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, wh- wh- who's this when I'm, you know. Looking John Mayer's a Christmas help? No issue. way. <laughs> uh uh, follows that up with i'll be home for christmas um this is stripped down version of the original lighter higher tune guitar and soft strings um you know his voice here fits perfectly too with that deep solid sound Uh, i think this is a really really nice track off this album too yeah i like this one and this is another song that was written i think it was written i didn't have it written down here but the early 1900s around the time of war um I think World War One specifically, but I don't. I'd have to fact check that. Uh, you know who else should do a Christmas album? Is Zach Bryan. Yeah. Tell yeah. me that wouldn't be a kick-ass Christmas yeah. album. If he wants to make ten trillion dollars, <laughs> he's gonna do that tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, dude, I feel like he could put out like 15, 20 tracks, speed them up a little bit. Oh yeah. He's got the voice that can just get any kind of emotion you need. <laughs> I would rock. Add a little bit of country twang to it. That'd be so good. I got no debate there, man. That would fucking rock. Yeah. Plus it, it it's like a it's always nice when you see him like with a little bit of a happier tone to it cuz a lot of his songs are sadder, so it would be nice to get that just very like easy breezy Zach Bryan out there. Yeah, him him just picking at the guitar, oh, yeah. just letting it rip. Yeah, that would rock. Totally, 100%. Follows that one up with Ave Maria. Oh, man. Um, this is an old track. This song has been, I mean, you'll tell us in a second, but it's old. Um, stripped down version here, kind of light guitar and strings make up the, the, vo- or the music. Um, the vocals are a little bit lighter than some of the versions I've heard. You know, sometimes you'll hear, like, opera singers do it, this song. Hmm. And I think I'm a little bit more inclined to enjoy those versions than this version. Um, but, like, one of the most popular versions of this track is by, uh, I think he's an opera singer. His name's Andrea Bocelli. Um, and even he, like, I listened to his version of this track the other day. And he doesn't really, like, stretch out some of the lines to the nth degree either. Um, so maybe I'm... Maybe I'm a little off the mark here, but I, I just I like the ones where they really like like flare it up. Um, this is not flared. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this too. Ave Maria, rough translation to Hail Mary in Latin, and this was composed in 1825 by Franz Schubert. So definitely, I think this might be the oldest one on the album in terms of like original composition. Right. I don't know if this isn't necessarily a Christmas song as much as it is like a religious track, you know. But yeah. I think it fits the Christmas spirit. It works here. Sure. I'm not going to argue. <sighs> All right. Uh, nothing else there. So let's go to the next one. Mis Deseas y Feliz Navidad featuring Talia. Talia. I think it's Talia. Um, 
First off, who knew Buble had Spanish in his bag? <laughs> Where did that come from? That surprised me. I mean, I, it didn't surprise me because I saw the title, like the track. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I thought he would just do the the English parts on Feliz Navidad and let her do all the Spanish parts, you know? Yeah, I thought he would. I would have paid him for more like French than yeah. Spanish. Yeah, but he they start out with 30 seconds of Mis Deseas, and uh, which translates to my desires or my dreams. Um, and... You know, he's singing in Spanish with her. They're both just kind of in unison singing along. And then they smoothly transition into Feliz Navidad. Um, and I think it's a really smooth, like, sweet version of it. I really, really like this one. Um, you know, a little bit lower energy, but again, the duo aspect is really nice. Fun, easygoing vibe. Fun track. Yeah, no, I was I was a fan of this one, too. Um, I do want to say one of my favorite Buble Christmas songs, it's not, it's a Blake Shelton song. Well, you know what? Let me back up. Buble has Home. Yeah. That's one of his more yeah, popular yeah. original songs. Right. Blake Shelton does a Christmas version of that with Buble, oh. also titled Home. I didn't know that. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I'll from, give that a listen. Yeah. It's worth checking out. Cool. Uh, next track on the album, The Christmas Song. I never really liked this one. This has never been one of my favorites. Oh, I don't know. That might not have been on Spotify. Oh. But uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Anyways. Um. Do you have Winter Wonderland next? Another cover? Oh, you know what? This was the deluxe. deluxe. Ah. Well, let me skip around then, because that was the end of the original, and I was only listening to the deluxe version. So let me skip around then to the songs I did enjoy off the uh, off the deluxe version. The Christmas song, not one of my favorites. He does a fine job. He does a cover of Winter Wonderland, a very Broadway-ified track, version of this track again. Uh Switched up the cadence a little bit. I like the original. Frosty the Snowman, a little more up-tempo and a hell of a lot more jazzy. Get a sax solo in this one. This one rocks. Um, Silver Bells, more of an acapella-style version of Silver Bells. Um, fairly light. Bells chime throughout, you know, soft percussion. Uh, song's kind of mid, but I think it does a nice job. <laughs> uh, uh, Let It Snow. Uh Pretty sim- similar to the original, but I think his voice is perfect for Let It Snow. This is another maybe quintessential version of this track. Um, he does a cover of Winter Wonderland featuring Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart's old at this point, and he's got like this raspy kind of like beat up voice to it. It's horrible. Oh, really? He does not fit the track at all. Hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't know what, the, like, it's cool that they got Rod Stewart. It's not cool that Rod Stewart sucks on the song. <laughs> um, uh, he has a couple other tracks here. Uh, I think they're bo- maybe both original. The the Christmas sweater. It's a song about like getting an ugly sweater. Um, and then the more you give, the more you, the more you give, the more you'll have. Is actually again, I think it's original. Very cool track. Uh, up tempo, upbeat. Got a very like poppy jazz feel to it. Uh, a lot of background ooh ahing, bells and horns making up the beat. Um, really gives his voice like room to to kind of travel. Very fun track. Um, and then he closes out the deluxe version with a, an eight-minute eight or eight-second eight like spoken track, Michael's Christmas Greeting, and it's just him saying, this is Michael Buble wishing you a very Merry Christmas. That's such a douchebag move. Huge douchebag move. Because, <laughs> uh, like, imagine, right? You got this song on the, on the speaker at home, and you just get to the end of this album, and then you just hear Buble. This is Michael Buble wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Christmas. That tells me everything I need to know where he also like he thinks he's the shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude. I, the album cover has already told me that, but this just reaffirms it. Buble's the goat in Buble's world. 
oh, of everything. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Him and John Mayer, like same same vein. Just Spider Man meme. Like, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me like if John Mayer at the end of his album is like, "Oh, thanks for listening to my album. Hope you enjoyed it. Catch you on the next one." These were the stylings of, of John, John Mayer. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, but anyways, overall, I think this uh, Buble Christmas is fantastic. I love it. It's certainly something that you got the family over. You know, it's just a kind of cheerful, easygoing Christmas, maybe Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You pop it on, you let it go for an hour, and then you flip over to something else. Yeah, what I do for Christmas music, there's a couple of playlists on Spotify that have like that's good too. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. Um, yeah, maybe next year we'll do DMX and Mariah Carey. Oh, <laughs> what a, what a contrast! I mean, so is John Party and Buble. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Um, you want to take a couple tracks off these two albums and just highlight them, maybe? Uh, yeah, like favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. Sure. For Party, I'm gonna highlight. Uh, Santa looked a lot like Daddy and Beer for Santa. Yeah, so for me, for party, I would go Beer for Santa, 400 Horsepower Slay, and then I guess along December. If Yeah, just go listen to The Counting Crows if you haven't heard it. It's awesome. Yeah. And then for Buble, got to be, it's beginning to look a lot like yep. Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Mista Seas and Feliz Navidad. Holly Jolly Christmas. Holly Jolly Christmas. Let it snow. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on here, but those are the maybe the top tracks for me. Yeah, and then I liked Christmas. Baby, please come home as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Alrighty. Got anything else this week? No. All right. So next couple episodes, or at next least one two. episode, probably two, is going to be year in review. Uh, a lot of cool stuff coming there. And then uh, we'll get into January with some new artists. Hell yeah. Um, all right, guys. Follow us on socials, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Flip the Record. Like, subscribe, review on Apple and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. These were the stylings of <laughs> Joe and Joey from Flip the Record. He's such an ass for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs>